0: This is Agent to Agent Remarks. My name is Jeff Lavelle. I am a real estate broker and property manager with The Brokerage, a real estate firm, just outside of Las Vegas in Henderson, Nevada. Agent to Agent Remarks are those comments in the multiple listing system that aren't shared with the general public. They're just those private comments between the real estate agents. And so this series is gonna focus on fun stories, not so fun stories, and all those little things that you don't always get to hear about. And it's far from reality TV. It's the real part of real estate. So sit back, relax. Let's talk about some real estate and thanks for stopping by. Hello, everybody. Jeff Lavelle here with my uh, dear, dear friends, since fifth grade, Anthony Paglia, injury attorney. Anthony and I have been friends. We both started Saint Viator's elementary school. Correct. In fifth grade. That's right. And uh, we have been friends since. Sir, and you are a successful injury attorney here in Las Vegas, personal injury. Thank you, sir. And I am a quasi-successful, moderately successful, <laughs> very
1: humble, <laughs> You're very successful real estate Office. broker in
0: town. It's beautiful. Uh, and welcome to Agent to Agent Remarks. This is a podcast about. Uh, really real estate for the most part, but I do bring on friends of mine who I think are fun and funny and who we have a good time talking. Anthony and I have actually done a radio show together that you do on 1460, is that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: 1460 AM. It's a bilingual show and we're you know bridging the gap between the Latino-Hispanic community and the uh, American community. And so uh, that was something that my grandpa would always want me to do. He was the first licensed Hispanic architect in the state of Nevada and his legacy is the thrust behind the show. And he was the uh, co-founder of the Latin Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Before it was that, it was the Circle of Cubans, Circulo de Cubanos. Oh, really? <laughs> the idea, yeah, it was really cool. So the idea is you know, to help each other succeed. And so that's kind of the same concept with the radio show. That's where we have yeah. you on there as a business owner. We have That's that segment we call the Small uh, Business Owner Circle. Mm-hmm. And so we had you on there with a few other uh, business owners. So Trying to, you know, in his spirit, you know, in, in his legacy, we're, yeah. we're trying to, um, you know, make sure that we can help each other succeed.
0: And I think the, the neat thing about the show is, um, you know, that it does it does have that that community outreach aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. we have a large Hispanic community here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you, you probably don't know this, but when I was in college, I got my degree in psychology mm-hmm. and a minor in political science. And I actually took a class that was entitled Chicano Latino psychology. And so I learned the difference between being, you know, be, describing yourself as a Latino, as a Chicano, as a Hispanic person. And so it was, it was interesting to see the different, uh, labels. I guess you could say that, that Hispanic people, Latinos give themselves. So let's see if I got it right. I,
1: I would be a Latino because I don't speak fluent Spanish. That's not my deal. So Hispanic would be fluent Spanish and then if, you know, with English as well. Right. Right. And then, um, then Latino would be a background in uh South America or Cuba or something like that, Mexico. Uh, then, you know, that would be someone like me because I'm from my family's from Cuba, but I was born here in Las right, Vegas, right? And then, what's a uh, Chicano? I
0: can't remember, you know, it's one of those things that's taken it's been so long that I don't recall, but I, I remember it all really had to do with acculturation like, how has that person um, acculturated to the United States, to the English language, to just generally the American culture. Um, and I, it, it was a fascinating class. It really was. And, cool. um, I, I the, the professor with that, Dr. Roslyn Caldwell, I'll never forget her. She was a, uh, tremendous, uh, psychology professor. Nice. Anyway. At so you right? Yeah. You know, very cool. i
1: am going to follow up because I had my, uh, office supervisor. Uh, she, uh, said Chicano, she had called a friend of ours, Miguel Chicano. And I said, so I'll follow up. I'm going to figure out cause I want to know what that means. I'm like, man, hmm, I gotta know. So we'll, I'll follow up next time on your show. Yeah. That'd be good to to know. And speaking of class, I, I remember you, Jeff. Um, I was like, man, I know this guy is going places. Uh, when we had class, we talked about this on the radio show in uh, Mr. Bonar's class. <laughs> he, <laughs> I know the name is kind of ridiculous, but he was a really, man, he talked about great professors and teachers. He was awesome. And um, I, I didn't talk a lot, in that class, I just kind of try to just listen with my eyes right, and be right, right. these things. Well, um, I remember you were saying in class you was you told the professor you said, "Hey, communism, it sounds nice, but it and it looks good on paper, but it, in reality, it doesn't work." Right. And I was like, "Oh, that's this that guy's a leader. He's speaking for the class, <laughs> and he's going places." Well, you know, we
0: had uh, Jay Bonar. Uh, Mr. Bonar was our our teacher. Um, and he was the only teacher at Gorman. We went to Gorman together, only teacher at Gorman that, um, uh, wore a suit every day. I, I don't ever I remember, remember him if... not wearing a suit yep. and he coffee drinker, right? Oh yeah. Loved his coffee. And then of course we would get out of line and he would say, all right, sports fans, time to shift gears. <laughs> that was his, like his moniker, but no, you bring up an interesting topic because obviously, um, your grandfather, Arturo Cambero, right? Yes, sir. He was from Cuba immigrated to the United States. Yes, sir. So he left communism, which is still prevalent, obviously that's the, the government of, of Cuba today. It's a system of oppression. Right. And he he came to America, was an outspoken uh, critic of communism, yep. and a a capitalist if there ever was one. Yes. Um and you know he he spoke out of, against the horrors and the ravages of communism yeah. which were actually so, you know, communism and then of course there's socialist principles right? right we have shared uh, we have a school district right that's taxpayer funded we have uh a uh, fire department police department that's taxpayer funded but communism is the the ownership of the means of production and uh so cuba owns all that is there to, to, yeah, right. So it's people have side hustles. They try to, they try to do things on the side, black, black market, market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're seeing, I, I guess, in American politics today. Obviously, we have a, a prominent candidate today, Bernie Sanders, and of course, Elizabeth Warren has dropped out. She too was a Sayonara. right? Yeah, Adios. <laughs> she Adios. was a, a candidate that that was espousing a lot of the same beliefs. Now, I will say this as a you know, I, you, you know, this as well as anybody else that knows me at all, but I had cancer when I was 14 and thank and you the Lord. I did. I did. It's I amazing. overcame it. Um, and I, I look at it now as a parent, right? You're a parent. You have a, three, three kids. Yes, sir. I have two. We stopped to it, two and through, uh, my wife, uh, was oh, the driving me. force behind stopping. <laughs> she said, she said, we're done, but, um, we have two wonderful kids. And as a parent now, um, you know, we have private health insurance and i i look at the uh i look at other parents out there with kids and i think you know it it would be nice to have healthcare for everybody you know it would be nice to have the ability to sounds nice right but you know a question that we run into and it was an interesting in interview with anderson cooper you know he interviewed um uh, uh senator sanders um and the interesting thing is Anderson Cooper's a Vanderbilt. He comes from extraordinary wealth. Yep. And the interview Some that they people
1: say he's like a CIA agent or something. Right, like <laughs> right. He's
0: like a he's like an asset, right? Yeah. But they say that um well you know the interview they had, I'm sorry. I, I, the interview they had was uh pretty aggressive, right? Anderson Cooper, he's pretty liberal guy, but he really beat up Sanders wanting to know about where all the money was going to come from. And, uh, Sanders response was, you know, I don't, I don't have all the nickels and dimes, but we're talking trillions of dollars, right?
1: Promises. Yeah.
0: So Mm -hmm. I just, I would love to have it. And I could, as a, as a, as a parent, I want to see other parents be able to provide for their kids. I just want to see a way that we can do it. That doesn't bankrupt our country.
1: Right, because what ends up happening is you have everybody getting something for free, whether it be health, education, and these things, and then the people who are working hard to create the wealth. I mean, it's, it is biblical, too. I mean, it, you can't, you know, communism, everyone has to preach to the government. You know, Fidel Castro, you put his face up on the lives who you're supposed to preach to. So you can't, you can't have one without the other. And at some point with socialism is the people who are getting things for free, they freeload, and then, um, you know, you take it from somebody, and you put it into like a pot people are going to keep taking from that pot and it creates fraud. And eventually the person who's working hard for everybody says, screw it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to somewhere where I can enjoy the fruits of my labor and everything just falls through. Right. And that's why you see like on the news, they show these socialist countries in South America where the, the, you know, it's empty yeah, Venezuela. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it, 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 it's like a system that invites corruption. Right. And those who are working hard to provide for free things for everybody else,
0: um, eventually they say enough is, you know, I'm done. And, they and move that's, on. that's why the government takes over the means of production because the, the private industry doesn't want to produce it anymore because they're not benefiting from the, um, it takes uh, out the, the incentives, the effort. Right. And so, so I guess that's why American society exists today and we persist and now you mentioned I think we talked once before about your grandfather's um like how he left Cuba how he came to America and you I want to hear more about that okay
1: yeah I mean he first landed in uh, Miami he, he was educated in Cuba right he did have the education because he was an architect correct he had okay an architectural uh education Spanish was his first language English was his second. And same with uh, his brother Domingo, and they first made it to Miami. The whole story with uh, my grandma having to pretend to be crazy, and in order for her to be able to leave the country because she was a teacher, Fidel wanted you know teachers to stay. And so, he,
0: your grandpa got her like diagnosed by a buddy though, right? right? His okay, was a doctor, All right, right?
1: And he said, "Hey, look, um, she's crazy." Yep, let's get it on paper so that way we can get her out of here because she was scared. Were- my
0: my wife would be very upset with me if I had a doctor diagnose her as crazy, but this worked out for them.
1: It it did, yes, and <laughs> <laughs> it got them out of the country, and that's what, you know, they needed. My mom was five years old at the time. It was early 1960s, and uh, Miami, they were looking for opportunities, so, you know— You always see, like in the movies, you know, people going to California,
0: right? You know, right? The the frontier. Yeah. They
1: went to Los Angeles. My grandpa didn't like it there. He thought it was too crowded. He heard there was opportunity in Las Vegas. God,
0: it was too crowded then.
1: Too crowded then. So yeah, crowded now. Crowded now. Crowded (laughs) then. It's always going to be crowded. Everybody wants to be close to that ocean. Right, Uh, right, right. Don't blame them.
0: Right. (laughs) And so,
1: um, you know, then he ended up in um, in Las Vegas. We have a really good interview with Domingo Cambero that his brother brother and right? he's on my podcast Anthony Paglia injury lawyer uh, podcast yeah on Spotify and we're getting that moving and you can check it out to hear and me. we'll
0: link to it on this uh on this podcast too. That
1: sounds good. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh so he he talks about that and, and the biggest takeaway that I have like the buzzwords from the interview was you know fake Catholic uh, Fidel Castro he says hey look um I'm here to help you but he was the one who was you know blowing up the schools blowing up Jeez. all these things you know, false flag attacks, basically. You know, right. That's like maritime law is a false flag. You blow something up, blame it on someone else to create right. a war between your enemies, you know? Yeah. And the people were so scared because all these hospitals, schools, libraries were getting blown up. Fidel said, hey, just give us your guns. And so the people gave up their guns. Done. To, and that's it. Yeah. And then they killed those people and they televised it. They put it up on the wall and they showed it on TV. Jeez. My grandma saw it and made her very upset. She was diagnosed with PTSD in uh, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. Wow. And yeah, where my uncle, uh, Arthur Cambero, where he studied. And he's a plastic surgeon here in Las Vegas. Mm. Um, and the irony of it is my grandma now, unfortunately, you know, she's getting old. She has Alzheimer's. She's in the home. Oh, wow. So it came to fruition, which is kind of a wild thing to think about. Also, they were from a part of Cuba in near Havana called uh Santiago de Las Vegas. No way. Yeah. So now we're here <laughs> in Las Vegas. Right. And that we talked about that a little bit in the interview with Domingo on the podcast. And it's it's worth checking out. And uh I just wanted to say, hey, thank you for having me. Your office is is really nice here. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm looking up at your wall here above your two blessings. Oh, your boy and your and your girl. Right, here. right. You have a brookstone. Is
0: that paycheck? I, I do. That was my that was my first paycheck. My mom That's with cool. her foresight. Um had that frame Hold on, let me look at it and see how much it Yeah, so I was 15 and a half and that check is for $105.96 and I'm Ching. I'm pretty sure the um frame that it is in was like $300. <laughs> <laughs> Because my mom had it uh, matted and framed, and uh, cool. I thought it was very strange that she had done that. But now, uh, yeah, I mean, Long now return. looking back, it's where I came from. and
1: works in the, that's a retail store, right? Yeah, it's
0: that place that had the massage chairs and all the fun gadgets, kind of like the the cheaper, sharper image. <laughs> God, are they still around? I think so, yeah. I, they, they have a pop-up store that happens every, um, like every uh, Christmas Season cool. um, around town. If I think they're in the mall still, you know, I never go to the mall anymore. It's, it. it's just, I, I never get to the mall. It's always Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. It's Amazonian. awful. You're awful. Yeah.
1: But yeah. school reminds me, I, I uh, interned for the city of Las Vegas, uh, during law, uh, law school, law school, know, right? And yeah. And mm-hmm. the assistant city attorney, um, he had his first paycheck up on the wall too. Oh yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. And well, I think it helps to cool.
0: remember where you came from, you know. I mean, I I went from from a a pretty The thing that I will say that there's lessons I learned at 15 and a half that I still recall vividly today. Mm-hmm. And it was I I I judged books by the cover. Yeah,
1: you got it. I did it one
0: time well, at Brookstone and it bit me in the butt. Uh-oh. Pretty bad. I mean, nothing nothing serious, but I lost a big sale okay. cuz I judged this you know, normally when people came in with kids to Brookstone, you might sell a couple of little tiny things. You know, okay. the kids want a gift or a toy, um, but they end up buying like half the store. It was crazy. Okay. And they bought mattresses and massage chair and all this stuff and you get like little bonuses and i didn't get any bonuses for that because i judged that they weren't going to buy anything but then later in my career i went from brookstone to a place called porsche design and porsche design was a a, like a trinket i don't want to say trinkets but a store with accessories for porsche owners Um, pens and shirts and watches and glasses it was at Caesars. Oh, nice. The so I, I moved on up from the Boulevard Mall to Caesars uh, Forum Shops. Uh-huh. And this guy walked in one day and he was wearing like a, a bathrobe. <laughs> I swear to God, he walked in the forum shops in a bathrobe. And the guy I was working with, like – elbows me and says, yeah, you can have that one. And I was like, well, if I'm going to take this guy, I'm taking the next one too. Right. Cause we got these, it was your up, right? That was your yeah. up. Alternate. Right. And I said, I'm getting both of them. He's like, that's fine. Cause you know, come on, dudes in slippers and a bathrobe literally sold him a $3,500 watch. Wow. Like he walked in, he was there for six minutes, bought the watch. And so that don't judge a book at Brookstone yeah. turned into totally helping this guy out. Um, got a sale, super excited. And then that led to a job at Devante group, which was a sunglass store Mm -hmm. and then real estate after college. So it's like, it's funny how those experiences build. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you, you, I mean, I don't remember you being all that into the law when we were in high school.
1: No, I just, I had the, uh, my family, they said, you know, education is a ladder to success. And so I just tried to climb that ladder as high as I possibly could within my abilities. Yeah and this is as high as I, I could get. I'm very thankful for it. And, um, you know, I was kind of telling, you know, judging books by their cover. And that sounds like, sounds like gospel, you know, yeah. talk, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And, um, at the same time though, too, I, I look at it as we, we, you know, making a judgment call on someone is something we just automatically. Do. Sure. Of course. Subconsciously like, subconsciously. Yeah. Cause like, Hey, you know, um, you know, as a, you know, trial attorney, I would take classes and, mm-hmm. and there's a, book called you know reading people right and being able to make a judgment call by looking at you know do they have piercings tattoos uh, and these things and um you know arguably it goes back to like you know caveman time where you know is the the bushes shaking do you move yeah just to, to keep yourself alive yeah you got to make a, a judgment call um so i i, I think there's a, a fine balance there and that's a really good uh, lesson um, that you learned uh, in retail and sales. I mean, well, you got to treat everybody with respect, right? Love your yeah. Name.
0: And I think, and I think you know that as well as anybody that you know. You, you you treat people based on how they treat you. You know, you give respect as long as you get respect. You, um, you know, you may people may have an outside persona. Or, you know, I got a buddy who is a a union iron worker by trade. Mm -hmm. He's got tattoos on his face. He's got tattoos (laughs) on his hands. He's got, I mean, he's probably one of the most aggressive, slash, intimidating, slash, scary guys you'll ever run into, Mm -hmm. but would literally take the shirt off of his back and take care of you no matter what. He is the nicest kindest guy and and it's just it's funny because you know you grow up with this idea that um you know image is so important but i think we're, we're seeing more in society today that really it's it's the the main thing that that at least in my industry the, the main thing that really matters to me is how people treat me right. you know i always give the respect you're in an adversarial uh, profession, right? It's, right. it's you versus the insurance companies, yeah. yep. right? They want to pay out as little as possible. All you nice want to get nice. your client as much as possible. And it's the same thing in real estate to a, not to the law degree, but we want to get our buyer, the lowest price, the best terms, yep. this listing agent wants to get their seller, the best price, best terms. So it's this constant adversarial position of, Hey, you have uh, interests contrary to mine but how do we come to a settlement where mm-hmm. your client is getting you know as a, as a as an injury attorney yep. getting your client the most money you can for their injury yep. the insurance company um you know not taking you to this lengthy uh expensive trial yep. you know where you're going to you know so how do you balance that and, and that's a good question how do you balance that in your industry when you have this injured party you know you took a great care of a client of mine uh, after she was injured yep. uh, how do you balance that between getting your client the most money and not dragging out this long, lengthy, uh, you know, district court lawsuit.
1: Right. And so, you know, I I want to thank you for the referral and I'm glad that I was able to take care of her and, and, um, get her medical bills paid for wage loss, uh, compensated, made up for that. And then money in her pocket for pain, suffering, the stress, having to deal with the whole situation is kind of overwhelming on top of all the other things we got going on in her lives. so you know just like her case was very unique and specific each case you know is very unique. Um, each person has a different crash, different spine, different hi- history right and so it's important to take a look at you know what's going on with that individual and that's why you know I sit down with them up front like the most important f- part for me is to make sure i'm I'm always on standby when someone comes in so I can sit down with them in the beginning and you know sometimes I might sit with them for, you know, hour, hour and a half. It just depends. I'm always trying to be there to figure out what it is that's unique about their case. Right. And, you know, we're talking vehicles that weigh thousands of pounds, you know, they weigh a ton. And then you have us inside of them and we're talking millimeters. You know, we get an MRI and they look to see what's going on. It's like, they're looking at your spine and your neck. Those are the things that's like, your spine is kind of like Nevada power, right? It's all nerves, electricity. And then your extremities are kind of like um, the poles that you know that you see on the streets, right, carrying all the yeah. lines, yeah. And if there's a disruption, and we're talking only like millimeters of disruption in the spine, because these MRIs, they go in and they take a look at the discs and everything on your spine. And you know, some people can um, withstand a, a good whack. Other people's, you know, their spines with the whiplash, they get messed up. And so we get him to a doctor right away, and sit down with them, make sure that they're going to be taken care of the way that I would want to be taken care of or, or someone in my family. Right. And, and that's really important, you know, being from here and having a history that we talk about uh, helps anchor me in, into the community, helps me um, want to provide good service because I know I'll be around, my reputation is important to me. Oh, it's everything. It's everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, providing that type of, that level of service to clients is extremely important. And, uh, you know, we, you were talking about Brookstone and your lessons. I was just at the Cambero Elementary School. My, my grandpa, Arturo, He has an (laughs) elementary school named after him uh, down in off of 95 and Eastern. You take 95, go north on Eastern. Okay. uh, Then pass Bonanza, make a right on Harris. There's an elementary school. There's actually two right next to each other. Anyhow, I was there with my brother, Michael. And I would tell them the most important lesson I learned about working all these jobs since – because my, my parents made me work at 15 and a half too. <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> cracking that whip, you got to work. Lydia. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's <laughs> love you. And so, and dad too. Yeah, I mean, they were cracking the whip. My mom was, you know, the the main force behind that. And, and um, you know, I ended up doing a bunch of different things. Like I was a lifeguard. I was telling the kids, you know, bus boy. Yeah. I was telling them uh, bar back. Um, personal fitness trainer i was administrative assistant when uh, stewart bell was a district attorney oh yeah back in the day yeah and i mean all kinds of stuff different things that i that i worked in the main lesson that i got from all that was i like that was say, try all the things that you don't want to do right so that way you can learn what you want to do and i kind of learned you know i'm gonna eventually i'm gonna do things that i don't want to do as an attorney like i don't want to sit down and have to type out this brief or, or do something like that, Sure, but I'd I'd rather want to do that than, than these other things that I tried out for myself, you know? And another important thing I learned is when I was telling the kids, like, if you find something you really like to do, you can turn that into your own business, Right. no matter what it is, you know, if you want to be, um, a baker or whatever, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, you can turn that into something that's your own creation. And that I think is kind of the catalyst behind the capitalist idea, right? Owning your own private property, right? You know your God-given rights. Of I was telling the kids, you have God-given
0: rights, right?
1: And those the reason why they're God-given is that way a communist government can't take them away, right? So it's God-given. So you can't mess with it. I got my right to free speech. I got my right to bear arms. I got my right to due process. I got my right to a jury trial, right? In my community, amongst my peers, because they make a decision for the community. So it's important that we have these discussions so we can talk about why our professions are important, you know? And I think down the road, we should talk about um, tort reform and how that affects my business and the community and how it affects the people around me. Sure. And it's important because there are, uh, like you said, me versus the insurance company. What are the insurance companies doing behind the scenes? Sure. Lobbying up
0: and Lobbying, to, yeah.
1: To make my life more adversarial.
0: Well, it's the same thing in, in the medical profession too. You know, you have... Mm. Um, You know, this medical malpractice and tort reform. And that's been a big thing in the medical community as well. And and then you have these, um, these principles uh, that we need to, that what was good a while ago, isn't necessarily something that's good today, based on the, the special interests that exist. You know, I will, I will say, just a funny little uh, side note, uh, and I don't know if you knew this. I think you did, but your mom actually worked at Coldwell Banker with me.
1: Yeah, that's right. A I long t- I
0: mean, it wasn't a long time ago, but it was uh, it was quite a number of years ago. And mm-hmm. um, she and the Yoli,
1: Yoli von, Tobel, yeah, Yoli von Tobel. Jeffrey. My good bud.
0: I'm telling you, we had some connections. It was like I had two moms at at uh, at work too. You know, I'd come in and here's Yoli and and Lydia out there killing it. And uh, you know, they 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 keep they kept an eye on me while I was at work. It was like, oh man, I have it at home, I have it here. It's like you couldn't get away with anything.
1: That's right. That's so keep you keep you moving forward. And um I remember my mom did that and Yoli. There were and Yoli, she still she works for um um, Arthur Cambero and his plastic surgery. Uh, oh yeah, really? Yeah, up on Eastern in Horizon Ridge. Oh and, no way! Yeah, and so um, she she works there and, and helps take care of them. But you know, uh, Von Tobos are they're going to be retiring and moving up to uh, uh was it um, oh, uh, not Ohio but um,
0: Idaho. Idaho, it's, it's beautiful State. up there. Oof, yeah. gosh. So they'll be up there
1: retiring, which is nice, very nice up there, and um, we, you know, to to kind of I appreciate you bringing that up and and. Hopefully you have me back on your show. I'd like to bring in some books, you know, and you, maybe you can have me on. I can talk about books to help kind of reinforce what we're saying on, on, the, on your show. Yeah. I got uh, one, you know, Jerry Spence. He's, he's a really good um, author and he's got a few books. I can bring that with me. Yeah, time. please. Yeah. And I can quote some cool stuff in there that we help us, uh, spurn more discussion. And, uh, there's another book. It's like corporations are not people. Yeah. That's always interesting because, you know, I think. It was like I remember Hillary Clinton was pushing for making corporations like people.
0: Well, they did, did with uh, with uh, oh gosh, what was that? Citizens United that made right, right, and so we've got this. Uh, if I mean, I'm not horribly uh, experienced on that stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, Citizens United made it so that corporations were able to contribute untold campaigns. sums to campaigns Without and stuff. knowing who they are. Yeah, so yeah. So
1: we'll have a book on that. We'll bring it in. We can discuss and become more expertise in that
0: area. <laughs> you I, you know, that. I need to become more of an expert in real estate.
1: Yes, and I need to become more of an expert <laughs> in helping people injured in car crashes. Absolutely. And it, it all works out together. I mean, you know, plus we got to, I have a friend, uh, uh, Manny, he works for Channel 8, and he says, you got to have content. Just keep creating content. Oh, yeah. Get it out there. Uh, share your message, your story. And so I think, you know, that's what we're, you know, we're doing for the most part. And if I bring in these books, you know, it's just a perspective for us. To- well, and I
0: think it's just, you know, the fun thing about podcasts is we have these conversations, we, we're going to have them anyway. And, you know, if somebody can glean something from it or perspective or, um, you know, even just laugh, I mean, I think that's the... You know, I, I, there's so many, I mean, a a billion podcasts out there and God knows there's podcasts in law and there's podcasts in real estate and, um, you know, all these different podcasts, but it's just fun to be able to, um, be part of that. Yeah. And and also, you know, we have shared friends, um, from, you know, a decade or so, yeah, (laughs) a decade or so going to school together, um, that may, you know, have a giggle, uh, from all this fun stuff.
1: We get, I get a little bit serious. I, I must admit when you have me on, I'm all, uh, I'm, I'm, I can be funny, but at the same time, I'm like, seriously, I'll talk about communism. You know, the name of the sh- the radio show is money, politics, and religion. Right.
0: The three things that you're not supposed to talk about exactly. with the light company.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get a lot of backlash on that. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, well, we're kind of in the age of, of interactive marketing. Right. And a lot of my blogs are very controversial and I do that on purpose to press certain things that you know we're not supposed to talk about sometimes we kind of have to and i say it in the in the intro it's like if you don't talk about it someone will take the take over the dialect you know take over what we're talking about because one thing I, I remember you posting which is something that i'd I like to have you on the show and do like a segment called a tinfoil hat time
0: <laughs> conspiracy theory yeah we can, you know, we can we can try to
1: connect some dots and you know, hopefully people won't be too uh, dismissive of us if we have some, fun. you know,
0: I, I think it's fun. I, you know, I don't take anything too seriously. And if, if people listening to this know me, I, 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 I'm very serious about my job. I mean, right. I mean, you too, I mean, you know, when it comes to my clients, it comes to work, it comes to the, the, that there's no, um, there, there's no room for, for, for volity, but, with my clients themselves, our interactions. I like to keep it light. I like to keep it fun because, you know, buying and selling real estate, owning, investing is is stressful in a, of and of itself. But mm-hmm. I think the, um, you know, the fun thing about having kind of off the cuff conversations and having a, a, a podcast or a, an outlet for people to, to bounce ideas, or even just be, like I said, uh, irreverent. I think it's fun because I mean, really, realistically, the thing that bothers me most today mm-hmm. and this is this is i think spurred by social media okay. and gary have you heard of gary or chuck gary v no. he's you you got to listen to him he's amazing but the the point is the the negative people out there the people yeah. with the negative messages have Dogs. such a yeah they have such a
1: a, Squeal.
0: a loud Voice—they are so much louder than the people who have a positive message, right. and I think to be out there with something fun and positive—that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean that—that that I think needs to overshadow and and outweigh all that other stuff. We we'll you do, know,
1: will that will be that bright light for those? And you know, because it's are circling back. I mean, I was at the Canberra Elementary, and you know, I, I would tell the kids, "Hey, look, you know, I was at a, a Clark County school like you mm-hmm. uh, before I went to St. yeah Me too. And so it was Jeff and." you know, I was, um, um, now I'm an attorney, so you can do it. You know, that's the whole purpose of being there talking about, you know, they wanted to know, you know, what, what process I went through to become an attorney. We can talk about that later on the show if you want. And, um, you know, telling them how Cambera was an architect. The school is a chameleons and how he was able to come here and, and adapt, be a right. chameleon. you know, chameleons adapt to their right. environment. So he was able to do that, um, and, and move his, his way up, um, and use the education that he had in Cuba, he was able to bring that over. And I would I would tell the kids, you know, in order to get to where I'm at, you gotta read. Right? Reading oh, is oh yeah, reading read, huge. read, read. And I've done a lot of reading. Um, that's why I want to bring on these books and yeah. share these books yeah. to say, hey, look, reading is important and why is it important? It helps protect yourself. Like my job as a personal injury attorney is to protect people from themselves. Right. A lot of times, because they uh sometimes um may say things to jeopardize their case. Sure. And these things. So I got to be there to help them and be in between them and the insurance company. I'm like, I'm the advocate. I step in their shoes and say, Hey, look, you hurt me. I'm going to get the best treatment and I'm going to get better. And when I'm done, you have to pay me for my medical bills, sure. loss, pain, suffering, these things. And so I was asked the kids, I said, what are you doing outside of school to help improve your reading? Right. You know, cause at the end of the day, if you want to be It's competitive. You got to do these extra things because, you know, kids in other schools are doing extra outside of school. Right. And some kids raise their hand and say, you know, I I read at home. Raise your hand. I read at the library. And they raise your hand and say, um, you know, that was pretty much it. And I I say, okay, well, I I read a lot about my grandpa, Arturo Cambero. And there's an article. There's a book that was published by the Latin Chamber of Commerce. And in it, he says that uh, through tough times and when, like, things seem like dark, And he didn't know if he can make it through. What did make him through was the God of love, right? Who we were taught through St. and Gorman to be the true living God. And and so I would say, who is the God of love? And it was, a lot of kids didn't know. I was kind of shocked, but eventually they got in. I asked them who, how many have you been into a church? And, you know, all of them rose their hand, you know, like 90%. And, you know, the public education is so secular. When I started bringing that stuff up, it was kind of like edgy, you know? Right, right. Which is great for me because I've always been an edgy person, you know, so it works for me. Right. And so I said, hey, one good way for you to improve your reading skills is when you go to the Catholic Church on the weekends, pick up the book from the pew, open it up to the date, and follow along with the readings. And that's one way to increase your reading because Evan comes on the show and says there's a ton of people out there who are they can't read at all. They're completely illiterate. Right. And so what's was you know even for those folks this is a great tool to help increase literacy in our community and you get to go to church so it's like two birds in one right stone. <laughs> and you get to in that respect and so that was fun that to, to, that was kind of like my story that i had told the kids you know because i was in the classroom and they would rotate the kids in and out of the classroom and if you're listening you're a professional out there make sure you get out and and get to these schools And speak. and i
0: think yeah i think kids need that outreach and speaking of which yeah, you also have some uh, outreach with your uh, firm.
1: Yes. Yeah, we have. We try to do an event as often as we can. Um, we have a Taco Tuesday coming up. You yeah, have
0: something coming up for St. Patrick's Day, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, the 17th. Make sure you get green salsa, cilantro on your tacos. We're going to be getting out <laughs> uh, tacos on the 17th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at my office in the parking lot on the corner of Galleria and Stephanie and Henderson. And it's a uh, 95- And Galleria on the corner of uh, Stephanie and Galleria from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll have free tacos, free corn, horchata. And it's just something giving back. It's Mm -hmm. just part of our nature um, and our families to give back and to share these things. So, uh, sharing my uh, success with the community, we want you guys to come out and know that we're there. You know, it's part of my um, plan to let the community know that I'm here to help. And when you help me, we give back because we just solidified also. In uh, April, we're doing the spring fair at Canberra Elementary on April 2nd. So if you and your family want to check out after school, Canberra Elementary, we're doing a puppet show for the kids. Okay. And then we're doing uh, free tacos, again, corn, horchata, we'll have a DJ. Okay. And then we got uh, the the principal over there at Canberra, his name is Chris Popek, and we're going to put him in a dive uh, dive tank. (laughs) Dunk tank. Dunk tank, yeah. (laughs) And the the fifth graders, all the kids are going to throw the ball at the dunk tank to get them in, and then oh, hopefully man. all the disciplinarians will get in there. You know, yeah, I was gonna
0: say get the get the dean up there, yeah. or the vice principal, or yeah.
1: So that'll be fun, April second, and we and so the firm will coming out with a a community um, safety mascot. Nice, Carlos the Car.
0: Carlos the Car. So
1: we're we're introducing him to the communities to have fun, and we'll do giveaways and these things. So and uh, that's that's in April. So we're doing those things. I also have a. I'll be on Channel Eight News. Um, Doing an interview on their show. It's the eight news now at like I think it starts at three p.m. Okay. Um, it'll be. It's in April. It's gonna be on the sixth, April sixth, twenty twenty. I'll be on channel eight news interviewed. I'm gonna talk about how when you're hurt in a crash, there's two ways to pay for your injuries: health insurance and auto insurance. Right. That's that's it. You know the two ways you pay for it. Unless you're a victim of a crime and there's no insurance to cover you, then you got to go through the DA. But gosh, that's 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 bad news. It's awful. Yeah, you don't want to be there, but we know we're here to help. You know, we'll give the free consultation, to figure out what happened in the situation, because you know some people forget to follow the safety rules and right. run red lights.
0: Right. This city has terrible red light runners. It's it amazing. Like I, the, I oh, I, one of the worst things I I see is the red light running, um, starting early, running just. I saw a lady the other day. She was in front of me at a, at a red light, and literally just went. Oh wow! Okay. Like just went. <laughs> oh, and I, I didn't mean. Thank the Lord there was nobody mm-hmm. in the, the, you know, no the crosswalk or. Someone
1: you don't see around the corner coming through and blasting. Yeah. And all these things. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, so I tell my clients, it's like playing Russian roulette twice. Yeah. The first, <laughs> the first time is um, just getting hit. Yeah. You know, like someone just runs a red light and boom, you're hit. That's, that's the first game of Russian roulette. The second game is what type of insurance they have, auto insurance they have. To cover you
0: liability or
1: yeah yeah, yeah, and you got to have your own insurance called uninsured underinsured motorist coverage right to protect you in case the guy hits you doesn't have any insurance or doesn't have enough insurance right to cover the injuries so that's the you know i say playing two games of russian roulette and, and so you come see me we we evaluate all those things for you and you know there's lobbying that goes on the laws change on sharing that information and the insurance companies don't want to share
0: right of course not
1: and, and people don't realize it though. And there's a the tort reform aspect. I'll, I'll get more um, information i like to bring onto your show in the future. So yeah. we will talk more in depth about that because it does affect me personally. Like I know we get into uh, some conspiracy theories and things, but it hits at home sometimes for me because I represented people in the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, wow. And I don't believe we got the full story from the mainstream. Media. And
0: a lot of people feel that way. It's, it's a... Rightfully so. Yeah. It's 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 one of it's the biggest shooting in US history. There's a lot of unanswered questions, lots of uh, of things that happen. Obviously, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a, a, as involved in it as, as you have been. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's I think people in this day and age with all the technology we have, with all of the uh, we're all electronically connected, we mm-hmm. expect we almost expect instantaneously these uh, the, these responses, all the answers to be available. And yes. when they're not available, we second guess those things and Absolutely. question those and that's things. That's a good yeah. thing.
1: That's what brought us as far as like going back to the bushes. Yeah. You look in the bush, you, you make a judgment call on it's probably nothing, or do you get the heck out of there? You know, because you never know. Right? right. So you get out of there. Um, but yeah, so uh, we, I'd like to talk about those things. Yeah. You know? um, there's a, a guy from True News named Rick Wiles. It's like he's a Christian news guy and i like to watch his show he's a little bit too sometimes too end timesy too dramatic right right end of, yeah end of times but he's got some really good stuff on you know you know false flags and, and why you know education is so expensive as opposed to it being more affordable and then causing you know people to justify their argument that medical should be free and education should be free because it's so expensive but, right you know at we have a guy adam on the radio show He says, well, the accounting is if you just cut like 10, 20% of the expenditures on the military, we'd still have the largest military in the world, but we can take that savings and put it towards education to help reduce debt, student debt for people who want to, you know, who want these educations without having to be bogged down with the student loan debt. Anyhow, well, yeah, so I think that would be fun. If you don't mind, we talk about those things as well on the show.
0: I always, you know, I I like to keep it... uh... Varied, varied, (laughs) and yeah, keeping it light. No, I think it. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with with having controversial topics. I think anybody that knows me, anybody that knows you, knows that uh, period paragraph. We're good people. We do what's right. We're never. You know, I I wish that people could be more. You know, like I said, the social media part of things, everybody's become so uh, venomous. You can't disagree. You can't discuss. You can't debate. You can't uh, bring people to your side of the argument. You can't go to their side. Everybody's very entrenched. In their, their, um,
1: well, maybe we can break that mold with the show. Yeah,
0: I would love to. You know, I'd love when people could could actually have a rational, mature discussion and not yell things like racist or misogynist or, uh, you know, capitalist or whatever the the slight of the day is. I think people should be more willing to listen.
1: If it's anonymous, you just got to chalk it up as to like a 12 year old.
0: There you go. Yeah. You know,
1: um, troll. And outside of that, you know, you got to have a conversation at some point, you know, you can't avoid it forever. No pulling people up or pushing or pulling or whatever. It's like, we ought to be able to, to talk about those, you know, tough, tough topics without getting um, so enraged. Or, you, you
0: have to talk about things that make you uncomfortable I can tell so you that me. you can become more comfortable.
1: True. And, 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 the more comfortable you get, the more you can talk about these things without getting upset right? Yeah. and without getting the emotion caught up in, in the heat of the, um, suggestions or whatever it is, you know, I, I can give you an example. I, um, talking about Jerry Spence wanted to bring his book on because I, I have a blog on my website, anthonypaglia.com, um, A N T H O N Y P A G L I A.com. And I share these blogs on social media. Right. And I will, I might boost it, you know, within the eight, nine, oh, seven, four area of these things. And so people will respond and it was, uh, uh, Jerry Spence wrote in his book that a lot of the rhetoric in on Fox 5, you know, I'm, I'm independent. I, I don't weigh one way or the other. I just something, I think both sides have, you know, issues sure. or compromised in some degree. However, he was pinpointing Fox in this particular book and one part of the book, you know, he talks about both sides. He says the rhetoric is similar to that of Hitler. Mm. And, I, and he puts, he's very poignant. Well, I'll bring the book on. We'll talk about it. And, and he compares, you know, he has a speech of Hitler and then what they're saying on Fox mm. to incite, you know, anger, you know, and, and people wanting to defend. They have good intentions, but it's like, you know, kind of manipulating them a little bit. You right. Know? And so um, it, it, I posted it and I, and I analyzed it and people, this one guy responded, you know, you, you know, liberal, you stupid liberal attorney. How dare <laughs> you or something? I'm like, well, I mean. Liberal is a social construct, so I think we we got to deconstruct that and talk more because that's just a a a blanket meaning that doesn't mean anything. So um, I just responded. Well, he goes, I'm going to tell everybody in Vegas that you're the worst pos attorney there is, and I just yeah go on my Facebook and find it. You know, I keep it up, and I just respond. I well, I hope you don't know a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> what am I supposed to do at this point? I'm just citing a book.
0: Right. Well, and I think everybody has a tendency of, <laughs> you know, it, it's the Yelp, the Yelp syndrome where they want to go out and they want to to destroy you, you know, and, I they, know, they yeah, you know, that tough. that's such a, mm-hmm. a in a world where reviews are so important, where Google, where, you know, in my industry, there's there's a Z word I hate to use. Uh, where everybody goes to to review. I mean, there's all these websites and people love to take. To those sites to slander and libel people. And it's like, you know, one of my agents in my office got this terrible review because uh, his seller rejected this guy's offer. And the guy took to my agent's Facebook page and said that my agent should go to a different career because he's terrible, you know? And so it's like, can you just... Chalk it up to a bad offer. (laughs) Anyway, well, Anthony Paglia, injury attorney, thank Thank you so much for coming in and being a guest on the show today. Um, Now, if people want to find you, tell us where we can find you so we get the most money uh, for their personal injury. You
1: can call my office at 702-830-7070. You can visit me online at anthonypaglia.com, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A.com. Or you can uh, just come down to the office. Walk-ins are welcome. Consultations are free and confidential. On uh, we're basic, we're in Henderson on Galleria and Stephanie on the hard corner. We share the parking lot with the Galleria Mall.
0: Awesome. So I appreciate you coming in today. And obviously, I've known Anthony since I was in fifth grade. He is an honest and and a man of an honest man and a man of integrity. Um, I know him to be a good person. So you, uh, he definitely has my support and endorsement. Um, I appreciate you listening today. And as always, I am never too busy for you or your referrals. Have a great day.